0: Well, folks, it's been a while since we jumped into the mailbag, so we're going to do that right now. Remember, you have to be a subscriber in order to have your question answered in the vaunted Ben Shapiro Show mailbag. So head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe to get started right now. Jonathan says, hey, Ben, I remember how disgusted I felt watching Bill and Hillary Clinton hugging Yasser Arafat and his wife Suha Arafat in Camp David back in the 90s. I felt as though at that moment terrorism was legitimized. This goes exactly with your theme last week of explaining how the West believes we are all the same. Was Arafat a terrorist or have things deteriorated and changed a lot since the 90s? Why is there not more outrage the Clintons hugged Arafat? Well, they certainly should not have hugged Arafat. Arafat was an arch-terrorist. He was responsible for a wide variety of murders, including the hijacking of the Achille Laurel and the murder of an American citizen named Leon Klinghoffer, who was handicapped. They killed him and they threw him off the boat. He was in a wheelchair. Um, and um, Yasser Arafat was a garbage human being who died too late. The, the fact that Israel negotiated with him in the first place was ridiculous. They should never have done so. The reason, presumably, the Clintons hugged Arafat is because Israel had then legitimized him which again they should not have done yasser arafat said openly to his own people that he was lying throughout the oslo process he said it repeatedly in arabic to his own people it was a it was a trojan horse the entire idea of oslo was to gain control over particular areas and use them as staging points for attack anytime there was any movement on oslo toward an actualization of a palestinian state that did not encompass the entirety of israel arafat walked away from the table and then started violence the amount of violence that happened in the aftermath of oslo was hundreds of percentage points higher than it was before Oslo because Arafat wanted to show his people that he actually was still a terrorist. The same thing happened in 2000 after the Camp David Accords. So yes, legitimizing terrorism always ends with more terrorism. Alex says, the FBI arresting Christians, attempting forced vaccinations, systematic stripping of the First and Second Amendments, parents having their kids taken away because they won't agree with the child's sexual delusions, Congress members championing the genocide of Jews, the list goes on. It seems like the slippery slope into tyranny has been soft enough for the alarms never to go off. The decline is more like a frog put into a pot of water that is then set to boil rather than the frog that is tossed into an already boiling pot. What actual metric can we use to say we are living in a tyranny? At what point is exercising the Second Amendment appropriate? The question is against whom? right? When, when you're living in a tyranny, the answer is against the authorities. Who are you going to shoot? Whenever people say it's time for armed resistance, the answer is like against whom and based on what? So if you're living in Florida, what are you going to go out and, and take on you know, like the police who are your friends or the National Guard who are your friends, the soldiers, by the way, for the federal government, who are largely people who are are your friends. Like, what, what exactly would you be rebelling against? Now, violence is always the last resort. You know you're living in a tyranny when you literally have no other resource, when, when violence is the only resort that is left to you. But if there is another possibility, namely winning elections, for example, in the United States or state resistance to federal authority, as, been, as has been happening technically across the board, or lawsuits. Like, there, there are a lot of other resorts that you have to access before you can say that we're living in a full-scale tyranny. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, the holidays are hard enough. Make things easier than ever with Stamps.com. Stamps.com has been helping businesses like yours save time and money during the holiday rush for 25 years, with easy access to USPS and UPS services and premium rates for all your postage needs. Stamps.com lets you print your own postage and shipping labels directly from your home or office space. It's incredibly convenient. Your shipping labels are ready to go in minutes, so you can get back to running your business sooner. We don't waste our time here at The Daily Wire. We don't have the time or the money to do that sort of stuff, so we've used Stamps.com instead since 2017. Our office management staff love Stamps.com because they don't have to spend hours at the post office anymore. Stamps.com offers rates You can't find anywhere else, like up to 84% off USPS and UPS. Plus, they'll automatically tell you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable to over a million businesses. You can print postage wherever you do business. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Set your business up for success. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code Shapiro for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and free digital scale. No long-term commitments, no contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click that microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter promo code Shapiro. Elizabeth says, have you seen any leftist Jews begin to see the light when it comes to Israel now that they see their progressive friends have abandoned them in such a pivotal time? People like John Fetterman, Amy Schumer, Gal Gadot seem to be holding strong despite intense social pressure from their democratic friends. Are you noticing a shift at all since October 7th? Also, as a resident of New York, I'm curious, how has Chuck Schumer been on this issue? I've heard conflicting reports on his support for Israel, not sure what to make of them. Okay, so yes, there are a bunch of left-wing Jews who are suddenly realizing that people they thought were their friends are not their friends. I'm getting a call from a lot of these people who disagree with me on everything and suddenly are realizing that the entire worldview in which they engage, this intersectional hierarchy of power, is a mistake and wrong, and they need to get rid of it. And so a lot of minds are being changed. As far as Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer's entire shtick is to pretend that he is what he calls a Shomer. Shomer in Hebrew means a guardian, that because his name is Schumer and it comes from Shomer, this means that he's actually a guardian of Jews in America and abroad. That's not true. Chuck Schumer does whatever is politically advantageous for Chuck Schumer. He says many of the right things and then proceeds to do many of the wrong things. This happened during the Iran debate. So in 2015, Barack Obama was pushing forward an incredibly dangerous Iran nuclear deal that basically gave Iran a clear pathway to a bomb. And Chuck Schumer's take on that was that he would personally vote against it. But He tacitly gave permission to all the members of his party to vote in favor of it. And then basically browbeat anybody on the Democratic side of the aisle who didn't support the deal into supporting that side of the deal. So Chuck Schumer is certainly not a trustworthy voice on this particular issue. Hey, Ben, curious if you think China and TikTok is a major source for Western support for Hamas and find claims of genocide is convenient in that they can put put forth a false equivalency between the U.S.'s actions and China's. Oh, I mean, sure. China and TikTok have been disastrous during this conflict. They're obviously boosting pro-Hamas content. One of the reasons they're doing that is, once again, this is an old Soviet tactic. If you can make the United States and its allies seem as though they are the great oppressors in the world, then this gets you off the hook for being an actual oppressor in the world. The Soviet Union did this routinely during the Cold War. The United States was oppressive and horrible. Sure, everyone who was crossing a border wanted to go toward the United States and away from the Soviet Union. But still, that was the pitch. China's doing the same thing on TikTok. And since they run TikTok, that's how it goes. Derek says, good morning, Ben, big fan of the show. Why do Republicans suck at winning? It seems they have no idea how to get their names out there. For example, here in Kentucky about a month ago, I asked some conservative friends if they could name the upcoming candidates, but none of them could. They could, however, name all the Democrats. Andy Bashir had ads on Facebook and YouTube. Daniel Cameron did not. In fact, the average person probably found out Cameron was running because of the Bashir smear ads. they were prominent to the point my 11-year-old was afraid Cameron was a bad person. I know it's still early. I've yet to see a single Trump to Sanders or Haley ad in any shape. It seems if we don't dump money into advertising in the digital space. We won't win. The days of doing a rally or debate on cable news are long dead. Your thoughts? Well, certainly Cameron got wildly outspent by Bashir in that race. And that was a major factor in that particular race. That is certainly true. However, is it just a matter of campaign spending? Sometimes it's a matter of Republicans not taking the proper tack with regard to controversial issues. The reality is that a Republican from New York is not going to look like a Republican from Texas. And a Republican from certain districts in Texas is not going to look like a Republican from other districts in Texas. You have to tailor the candidate to the population. And then you have to get the rightmost candidate who can win. Republicans have been having a real tough time with the last part of that sentence. Instead, they'll nominate the person they feel the most love for, but who isn't necessarily the, the most the most probable winner in any given race. All right, we've reached the end of today's show. We'll be back here tomorrow with much more. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First.